What's really good, my people? Welcome into the No Catch Up Hotline. I am your host, Sean Little. I got a special guest for you guys, Charlie Max Torres, a.k.a. Bucketsworth, the hardest Twitter handle on the planet, as a matter of fact. Big-time cat on the West Coast, trains big-time NBA hoopers. I'm talking Clay Thompson, Stanley Johnson, big guys making an impact in the NBA right now today. He has a couple Chicago pupils on the roster Frank Kaminsky, Chasen Randall, Derek Marks. So I wanted to pick his brain about training guys from Chicago, their different mentality, their different take on the NBA. We're going to talk about Derek Rose. We're going to talk about how his pupils are doing in the league right now. Bucketsworth was a former pro hooper in his own right. We're going to go into that. Very interesting guy. Very thoughtful. Passionate about hoops. All that Chicago tie-ins, no catch up Chicago, for Chicago, by Chicago, listen up. Welcome into the No Catch Up Hotline, I am your host Sean Little, I got a heavy hitter in the hoop scene on the West Coast on the line, Charlie Max Torres, aka Bucketsworth, I don't even know if anybody calls him Charlie anymore, but let me give you a little rundown of what this guy does. He runs ISO out on the West Coast, co-founder. He's going to go into detail about that. And he works. he's worked out tons and tons of the big boys in the league. I'm talking Clay Thompson. I'm talking Kelly Oubre. I'm talking Aaron Gordon, Solomon Hill, Derek Williams, former number two pick, uh, Chasen Randall, Chicago guy, Landry Fields. A lot of guys under his toolage. He's going to give us some insight on a couple things I want to go in depth about. And, of course, we're going to have the the Chicago tie-in. Bucketsworth, what's really good? Hey, I'm, I'm honored to be on the show. I'm, I'm amongst greatness, you know? This is <laughs> greatness. <laughs> no, nah, man, don't talk like I'm, that. I'm a, I'm a big fan, you know? Um, the, the fact that I'm, I'm being interviewed on a podcast that Daniel Poneman was on is – is unbelievable. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. And I'm not even gassing this. I couldn't wait because I, I just like I had to go in after Daniel, man. Yeah, man. Shout out DP. Dude, that was a great interview. Yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah, DP is uh DP is a legendary, legendary human in his own space, man, for sure. But uh So I, so D, DP is low key responsible for getting me in the game. Really? Oh yeah. Wow, that's a whole nother story. I didn't even know about that. Exactly. I was saving that one. Okay, yeah. we uh, Let's touch on that real quick since that kind of obviously is the pre the precursor to all the stuff we're going to talk about. Talk about your relationship with Daniel Poneman, Chicago Hoops uh, insider. And, yeah, talk to me about how he got you in the game and in the workout hoops game, period. Yeah, so so DP um, – it's, it, it's a wild story. So uh, I was working out this kid uh, over here, and he was at a junior college in Southern California. And he was like, you know, five, ten minutes away, but he was from East St. Louis. And a guy from East St. Louis was telling DP about this kid. And this kid is special, man. I'm talking like 4240 speed, jumps out the gym. He's, he's man, he is batshit crazy. Like <laughs> his mentality, the way he plays, like he's like the put it like this. He's, he's my favorite player to watch and probably my worst player to coach. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So this, uh, long story short, DP, um, this kid tells me, he's like, Hey, you're trying to get into the hoop scene. He's like, you got to You got to follow Daniel Poneman on, on, uh, on Twitter. So I follow DP and long story short, fast forward to like three months after I followed the guy, 
Um, I'm in Vegas coaching uh, 16U AAU that had uh, DJ Wilson from Michigan, who's now with the Bucks. Uh, Malik Pope, uh, who's really talented. He's a San Diego State. Should have been a lottery pick his freshman year. All these kids. And Daniel Poneman is he, he tweeted that he was at uh, New York, New York. And I was like, what? I'm like right across the street. So I wanted to meet this guy. You know, I, I, I DM'd him, even though I stay out of those. <laughs> and I, said, I said, I said, hey, bro, where are you at? Like, I'm going to come meet you. He's like, oh, yeah, come meet me. I'm just people watching. So that's a DP answer all day. Oh, for sure. And like, <laughs> and like all these answers, like you're not knowing that the that, that DP's like just I think he had just turned 21 like that weekend. And he's out here like on this AU thing. Um, because he was friends with Chris Walker, who was like the top three player in the nation. And um, long story short, I mean, I'm rolling around with DP, Chris Walker, and Joe Joel, Joel, Joel Embiid is on that team. And I never, I watched them play three games, and I'm kicking it with them. And like Joel, he didn't even do anything. He didn't impress me. I didn't even right. see, like he he played like 15 minutes a game. Right. We got Chris Walker going through the legs in games. Like it was unbelievable. So. So DP was was out there killing two birds with one stone. One, he was he was hanging out with Chris Walker, who's his guy, and then um, uh, the Armstead brothers, who are from Chicago. Um, yes, sir. Uh, the youngest brother was on my AAU team, so they had relocated because Chicago, where they were at, was so bad. You know, people were getting gunned down and things like that. They had to move out to Bakersfield out here. And one of the brothers' teammates that they left from a back, uh, I think they played for Macrovin Fire. He ended up getting shot and killed. So DP was was spinning all this information. He was interviewing the dad and um, getting info on them because of this this crazy you know this crazy environment that's going on in the inner city. And um, and here I go. I got one of the kids on on my team. You know, it was just kind of like everything was connecting. So. That was uh, what I think it was called through the. Uh, I forgot his uh, documentary. Shot, I, I shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. Yeah, yeah, shot in the dark. Yeah, so that that one of the kids from Shot in the this was, these were the kids that were in it. Like that's what he was doing. He was already working on this back then. Yeah, no, he's, he's been trying to get that out for years, man. So I'm so happy that he got that out. So happy for him and, and the rest of the crew that worked on that. For sure, man. Because it was, I mean, it was a lot of work. So uh, then, DP is like. You know we're chilling. And I'm like, yo, I'm about to, I'm, I'm about to go back to LA. I was like, you can roll if you want. So this guy rolled with me. We hung out for like five days. He's he's staying with me in my my pool house and my dad's. It's me, uh, my business partner Shay, who was the other, the other co-founder of ISO, and we're just hanging out talking hoops. DP is running in the workouts. He's interviewing guys during the workout, like, and yo, this crazy. is so DP. <laughs> I oh, love man, this. It crazy. It was crazy, man. And then after after uh, after that was going on, he's like he's like, hey Chuck, thanks for everything. I'm I'm about to uh, I'm about to go hang out with my boy for a couple of days, and then I'm gonna fly out from LAX. Uh, so I'm gonna hang out at his house in Westwood. So then um, the day the the night before he flies out, he's like he's like Chuck, bro, I left one of my travel bags at your house. Can you bring it to Westwood? And I was like I was like man, you know, at this time I was, you know, I was stressing for gas money. Right. Uh, this is know, this I mean, is I real was, grind. Bro, I was I was sharing like like my ex's car. I was doing, you know, just the most. Right. So long uh 
I end up, my ex ends up driving me out there to drop it off. And the guy that, the guy that, um, Daniel was staying with, he introduced me because he was a, he was a huge Derek Williams fan. Um, and this guy is, uh, is now Stanley Johnson, his agent. Wow. So this guy was coming up in the agency world and he was, uh, Bill Duffy, the, you know, the, the CEO of, uh, BDA, the sports agency group. He, he was Bill's right-hand man, but he was in law school at the time when I met him. So this is like been all connected for like, it's crazy. I mean, years, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. That's uh DP is wide reaching. It just shows you, man, it's just that, that one degree of separation is a, is a real thing. It's not even six degrees. It's or eight degrees or whatever they say. It's, I think yeah. it's, I think it's a little less than that. It's crazy. Man, yeah, he he's he's the worldwide Hebrew, bro. That's him. Yeah, man, that's worldwide Poneman, no doubt. <laughs> Facts. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, that's a great story. I had no idea that uh, that's how you kind of made a little imprint with that, and uh, that's awesome. Yep. Okay, yeah, let's switch over to where you're at now, what you're working on now. Talk to me about ISO because your roster's loaded. Like I said, Clay Thompson, yeah, the the the, the gang, Aaron Gordon, Derek Williams, Solomon Hill. I mean, the yep. list goes on and on. Talk to me about sure. ISO. Tell me what the, because it's an acronym. Tell me yeah. what it stands for, what it's about, and how it started, man. Talk to me. Yeah, ISO, uh, it stands for Intelligence, Concentration, Effort, and Order. So, I mean, those those were the things that we were all searching for. Like, me, Shay and I were searching for something that, you know, it was almost like like hoop workouts, open runs, uh, things like that, you know, it was basketball euphoria. So that's what we were going for. We were going for, you know, uh, growing talent, making 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 kids see the game differently at a young age, and uh, and shoot, even you know, kids that come in later, you know, trying to improve their game and just get them to the top. And uh, you know, that goes from you know helping them find a travel team to um, to helping them find a junior college, a college. Um, you know, uh, an agent, um, uh, a team to play on overseas. I mean, it hits, hits the whole spectrum. I mean, basketball, uh, basically a basketball. Um, it's a one-stop shop, baby. It's, we're yeah, we're going yeah, yeah, to help yeah, you improve your game. We're going to help your your mental aspect and then hopefully take you to the next level where you can do this thing for, for the long run. For sure. That I mean, that was the whole, that was the whole thing, and that's how it started. It, it, it started with something else, like, you know, before – we were renting out space uh, at a huge gym in Anaheim, and, and that was – we used to get in trouble because we called it the Free Hoop Society. So yeah, that if you meant want, no – if you want to come hoop, come hoop. Yeah, but it started with the free workout. So we, we would give these guys a, a, a free hour-and-a-half workout, and then we'd play for a couple hours right after. And, 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 like, the relationships just grew. You know, everyone became really close, and, you know, it was almost a brotherhood. I mean, that, that's really what it is. I mean, we, we call it the order, you know, because that's what it is. Like, it's a brotherhood, you know, it's a, it's a circle. It's, it's a circle, and, and we really care for each other, and, and that's, uh, you know, the relationships go way further than the basketball. The, the basketball is what brings us together, but the relationship is what's, what's bigger for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I think there should be a way that 90% of the people I talk to at the gym that are playing ball are like, man, I'm paying $110, $120 a month, depending on where you're at. 
And it's yep. like, I just want to play ball, man. I just want to play pickup like twice a week. And like, this is the only option I have. I wish there That's, was a way where we could get like just gyms to open up and just let people play ball. But yep. it seems like it's a, it's a, it's there, there's, there's no solve for that at the moment. I mean, out it's here tough. there is, but I, I know, I know where you got, I mean, I don't know what the weather is out there, but I mean, you guys can't play outside like we can. Right. Here. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm, I'm talking extre- like strictly indoor type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, Man, I don't even know because I'm not out there. So, I mean, there's a ton of gyms out here. And pretty much, if you're connected, you can get gym time. Right. I mean, it's, it's simple as that. I mean, people people out here, I mean, they're not they're, they're not tripping like they like they used to. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a different story out here, at least from my experience, but yeah, man, I mean That's what I've heard that too. Hoops hoops if hoops can solve a lot of problems if you just let some let some guys get some get some space and get some run and not A ton of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about some Chicago pupils. You know what I mean? Because you you've yes, worked sir. with a, we've worked with a ton of guys. Yeah. Top three. I don't want to say top three, but the th- three more recent guys that we're talking about are Frank Comiskey, obviously yes. all all everything at Wisconsin. Yeah. 20, 2015 plus Big Ten Player of the Year, Tournament Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Everything. John Wooden. The whole the whole nine. Ninth pick in the draft in twenty fifteen. Then there's yeah. Chasen Randall. 2011 Gatorade Player of the Year in Illinois, Mr. Basketball. He shared that uh, award with Ryan Boatwright, who went on uh, to con- uh, to, c- to Connecticut. Yep. St- yeah. Then uh, Chasing himself went to Stanford, two-time All-Pac-12 first team, currently uh, in Europe playing for Real Madrid. Then there's yeah, Dar- I think he's the all-time he's the all-time leading scorer in Stanford history too. If, if I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he is. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't even catch that, but yeah. I mean, I don't put yeah. that past him. He was out there for four years, so that's that's mm-hmm. definitely doable. Um, Derek Marks, Plainfield Central. These are Chicago area guys. They're not necessarily from the city, but they're around. Um, Mountain yeah. West Player of the Year in 2015 at Boise State, currently playing ball in Italy, I believe. So, I yeah. mean, there is some Chicago guys that you have on the roster. Before I get back to Frank, because he's one of the bigger ones, What give me an idea. Is there anything about Chicago guys that's different from the other guys that you work out? Anything that you noticed that they yeah, Midwest yeah, guys, guys tend to have than a different set? I love the chip, man. Chicago, it's a big chip, huh? Chi-Town got a big chip on their shoulder, bro. <laughs> and I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, you know, Nana Egwu was another one that was uh, that you, you didn't mention. Uh, he played at University of Illinois. I'm not sure what uh, where he's at right now, he's he's kind of a uh, he's kind of shied away from our group chat because we were making fun of the Cubs. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, a huge chip on your shoulder, and and you know it was funny when we were doing pre-draft when I when I met pretty much all three of them. Actually, I met Frank before that, but but uh, we were doing pre-draft in Santa Barbara, and um, and Kaminsky. Every time Brandon Ashley was there from Arizona. Um, he was like, like Brandon would be, he, B. Ash would be talking about hoop because Frank would Kaminsky's a talker too. Oh, bro. Big bro, time. This is, this is why, you know, Stanley's in there. Jalil. Oh yeah. Jalil's one of them too. I, yeah, I was rocking with Jalil. Yeah. I didn't work with him, but I was, I've been around Jalil since he was in high school through Stanley. Yeah. Um, Cliff Alexander as well. But, um, uh, <laughs> this dude, this dude, Frank is like, he's like, Brandon, you can't talk in this, bro. I hit you both times for 30. <laughs> just, you know, just, just chill out you can't comment on this bro i gave you 30 piece two times yeah like you know i bounced you twice in a row like stop it bro <laughs> and, and i'm just i'm i'm like 
I'm dying laughing, you know, like J- Jalil's over there laughing. Kelly Oubre's laughing. Like everyone's just like, you know, laughing, bro. And um, that's what Frank is, you know. Uh, and and also during during the when D Marks was there, he had a he played. I don't know if you know, he played. I think the second half of the season with Boise, he had a torn meniscus and he was playing with it. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so when he got to pre-draft, he was getting his meniscus like like re- redone and, and worked on. So he was he was so itching to 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 go out there and hoop. And I love D Marks because I always mess with him on Snapchat and Instagram, just throwing little shots at him. But um, you know, at the time, um, I don't know if you remember Joe Young from he plays with the Indiana Pacers. Joe Young was up there too, and yeah. Joe is a talker. Joe's a talker, right? And Joe was kind of busting up a lot of the guards. Uh, in the workouts, he was kind of cooking, and then, uh, and this dude D Marks, D Marks is like, man, I just want to guard Joe. He thinks he's he thinks he's raw. He don't want this. Like, I want to guard Joe. Let me guard Joe. Ooh, I can't wait to get back. And it, it, I was dying, man. So it's I just did. like a, it's just a, I want to hoop. You can't hoop with me mentality. Like we hoop in Chicago in the Chicago area. Like, don't don't talk to me if I gave you thirty. Yeah, bro. It was, I mean, but but D Marks <laughs> was rugged. D Marks was rugged. Like, who says that? I want to lock him up. Who says that? Yeah, no. Nah, like that's not that's not a kid from today's era. He was like, I want to lock him up. I don't want to. I don't want to just score on him. I, I want to lock him up. And I was like, wow, these dudes are different. So, I, I mean, that was that was the funniest thing, man. And then, and then there was always something going on because because Frank Kaminsky, Nana, and um, and Chasen all played for the Illinois Wolves. So, like, you know, Chasen was like, what, he was on Team USA. You know, he, he was, he was all everything coming out. Yeah, all everything. You know, he was, he was, you know, like all everything. So, so I would, I would joke around with Frank just to get him going. And I'd be like, Frank, you were only offered by Bradley in Southern Illinois? He's like, what what happened there? And he'd go, well, Chasen wanted to shoot every damn time. You know? <laughs> yeah. me, me and Nana couldn't get a touch. So Messing up so my offers. Always, PG coming that? down. He said, uh, Chasen the PG coming down was just hogging the rock. That's that's why my offers was, was light like that. Pretty much. And, and then, then to do uh, with my game. <laughs> yeah, what? And then, uh, you know, also Daniel Poneman, he, he messed up Frank's, uh, Frank's mixtape video. And he had a uh, uh, John Mayer playing in the background, so I used to always post that video. <laughs> you know? Is that true? Yeah, it's still it's still live. I post it like three times a year just to get on Frank's head. That's awesome. D- and DP mixed that and put John Mayer on the back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a mistake. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's so let's talk about um. Let's actually. Before we're going to get into just some more in depth about what they're doing in the league right now, some of your pupils, sure. and we're going to talk about that. But I do want to get your opinion on the Derrick Rose situation. Oh yeah. The for those listening, everybody listening, Derrick Rose, if you haven't heard, is taking a leave of absence from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's nursing a, a hurt ankle, but. This is more of a, a leave of absence from the team. It's not an injury type of thing. Now, we just went into detail about how close you are with these guys you work out with, and yeah. it's a brotherhood, and you kind of see them off the floor, their mentality and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think is going on with Derrick Rose? 
I mean, obviously you you're you're privy to the big time ACL injury, and then him trying to get back and tearing the meniscus after that, and and, and going forward from there. Never, you know, this, this, never, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. yeah, 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 no, never got all the way back. There was an incident last year when he was on the Knicks where he just didn't show up for a game, didn't tell anybody, just didn't show. Then there's this year he twists his ankle. I mean, he was never mm-hmm. back to his MVP form, but he was playing decent ball and showed flashes of uh, what he could do still on the court when he was when, when he was in Cleveland earlier this year. Yep. Talk to me, man. What is it? Because it seems from the people in Chicago and the people I talk to, and, and to be frank, my opinion is that it's a it's this is completely mental. Yeah, he, yeah. He has there's something going on mentally that that's holding him back. How do you feel? What do you think it is? Talk to me. Well, I I think it's tough just in general being being put on that uh, you know the kind of stage that these guys are put on. You know, they're, they're human beings. I mean, you'd be surprised. They look at their mentions, you know, they, you know, they see stuff on their Instagram, you know, um, attacking them is like, it's crazy. You know, some of the stuff I've seen, I mean, like I get, I get people hating on me because, you know, this is, um, you know, like Clay, yeah, yeah, Clay, Frank Kaminsky and Josh Richardson are shooting like their, uh, their lowest percentage that they've shot in like three years or something. Right. So, you know, people are trying to heckle me, but it's... Uh, so it's, you can only imagine what type of heckling they're actually getting as a player yeah, shooting 30%. I mean, for sure. And I'm not I'm not one of the... You know, I, I didn't win an MVP. You know? I, I've never been on a stage that crazy. Like like Derek... And Derek is a quiet guy. I went to... Uh, during the, the lockout 2011 after, uh, after Derek Rose won the MVP, I went with Derek Williams... Um, Kevin Durant, Kobe, Derrick Rose, we all went to the Philippines for, for, um, for a little exhibition game. And D Rose is really quiet, man. He's not like his brother, you know, (laughs) that's for sure, bro. That's definitely true. So it's, it's, it's tough, especially for someone that doesn't, you know, talk as much and he's, you know, he's not that charismatic and he, he, you know, he's not like the joking type unless you're you know, kind of his boy. I mean, I've never really been with him behind closed doors like that with, with his bro or anything, but it, it's just really tough to be bottled up like that, man. And, you know, I mean, look at Ricky Williams, you know, he had to do his interviews with his helmet on. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, tough. so is it just, it was just too much, too much pressure, too many expectations. Is that what you think it is? I, I think it's, I think it's, it's a, it's a mixture of both. He has his own expectations. He it's a, has MVP it's a great expectations. Point. Great point. Yeah. You know, he, he has his, his MVP expectations, and then on top of that, you have other people putting on their expectations. You have people rooting for him, pulling for him, and then you have people putting him down. You know, it's it's not the easiest thing to do, especially if everything is. I mean, I mean, you can put anything on the internet. You could anyone could go live right now. You know, so it's 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 really tough, man, and I I really feel for the guy. Um, what do you I, say? What do you say to people that just call him a flat-out quitter? I, I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. He, he's not a quitter. I, I think they're they're wild. Because a lot of you people know. are saying, "Look, Doug, we understand you. You know what? You know what? Every person I talk to, and sometimes this is my answer as well. When I talk yeah. to someone about, hey, these dudes are human beings, and this is a lot of pressure, and 
yada, yada, yada. The first thing, when I talk to people, the first thing they say is, well, he's getting paid $25 million. He's getting paid $20 million from Adidas. He's getting paid $20 million from the Bulls. He's got other endorsements going on. This is just something you got to deal with, bro. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting paid multi tens of millions of dollars to come out and play basketball, represent your city, and you flat out twist your ankle and tell, and tell Cleveland, like, I don't want to play anymore. Well, well, here's, I mean, my thing with that is, you know, did, did Derrick Rose go to school to be taught how to be a superstar? You know, did he have a class like this where they were teaching him how to handle these kind of pressure situations? Um, you can't, this is, life is, is unpredictable. I mean, you and I both know. No doubt. But this is, this, I mean, this is serious. Like, this is really serious. Like, emotionally, mentally. I mean, this guy loves the game. And it's it's probably not that fun for him right now. This is probably his only way of expressing himself. And that's tough. Like, when things go bad for me, man, I'm either in the gym training or I got to get up some shots. That that's the, only, that's the only thing I know. Right. We were just – we actually, on the last pod, we were talking about this with Lonzo Ball. Like – if your mm-hmm. if your sanctuary is the basketball court, but when you go on the basketball court, that's the place you're getting ridiculed the most. Like, where do you go? It's it's almost like you kind of just want to curl up and kind of disappear. And I think that might be something that Derrick Rose is dealing with as well. He can't play ball. His ankle, or every time he gets to a point where he feel like he can play ball and starts to get a little rhythm going, he gets hurt and his body kind of breaks down on him. And then that that begins to start taking a toll on him mentally. And then compounded by everyone on his head, the pressures of sponsors and money and family and all that type of stuff. I think it's just like, man, I, I don't even know what to do, man. I, I can't even deal with this right now. Yeah, it's 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 real it's it's really tough. I mean, I, I, I played professionally in, in Mexico. It was a dream come true. Um, I finally made it when I was like twenty seven. I'd worked so hard to get there. And then after the season, you know, like I'm playing I think I played like 65 games or something after the season. Every time I woke up and I put both feet on the floor, it felt like I was stepping on nails. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and then, you know, th- then the politics take place. You're, you know, you're dealing with, uh, with media, you're dealing with the with, uh, coaching staff, you're, you're dealing with players that are trying to, you know, get their numbers up so they can get more money and, and go somewhere else. And it, you know, it made it not fun. I didn't want to play anymore. I didn't. And and that's actually what got me back into training because once once I came back, Derek was um, going into his sophomore year at Arizona or his freshman year. I think he was going into his freshman year. Yeah, shout out, D. Will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that you know that's when I was I, I got to go back and work with him, and it was you know I relieved a lot of stress, a lot of stress. I had a lot of questions about what I was going to do with my life at at twenty six, twenty seven, and you know thank God for D. Will, man, like. That do really save my life. No doubt. That's 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 real talk, man. I think it's yeah, it's I mean when people say like, you know, it's bigger than basketball, it definitely is. Hopefully D Rose finds kinda mentally what he's looking for, because that's the most important part. You gotta you gotta have your mental right before you can get anything else right. So hopefully he takes care of that and, and figures out exactly how he wants to play it. I know you have a story with D Rose and Kalapari. I need to hear that. I wanna hear that. Talk talk to me. All right, all right. So um I was doing this was this was right when I, I got back from Mexico. So I, I was doing uh, commercials like basketball shoots and, and stuff like that. 
And I was in an EA Sports commercial, and Calipari had just got the job at Kentucky. So he's had the job, I think, maybe two weeks, and he has no players signed yet. Yeah. So this is in August. No, no, not August. I think it's in July. And, uh, you know, we, we just finished the shooting. Everyone's kind of asking him questions, and I was like, He's just like, sta- he's just standing around available, just hanging out with everybody. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Yeah. And he's you know, he's the most personable guy you'll ever meet in your life. So I'm I'm very intrigued. So I had to ask him, I was like I was like, man, like I was like, Coach, what I don't know if I asked him like what was it like to coach D Rose or or who his who his most intriguing player was that like just blew him away. But either way, he tells me this story and he's like you know, I saw Derrick Rose in high school. I saw how athletic, how quick, how skilled, how fast. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, he's playing against, you know, some pretty good competition in high school, but it's not college. You know, it's not who we're going to play uh, against at Memphis. You know, obviously it's going to be better. So Calipari has got his – he's on the sideline, uh, free throw line extended, you know, kind of by the bench. Yeah. And this is Derrick Rose's first day on, on campus when they're playing live. And Calipari's got his, you know, his polo on, his shorts. And it, he said his polo's not tucked in. It's just, you know, out loose. Right. And <laughs> D. Rose, yeah, D. Rose catches an outlet pass. Um, and he rips through to the sideline to go the opposite way in transition. And Calipari said him and his assistant coach's shirt moved with the wind from his rip through. Right. Like, and I was just like, eye oh opening. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And this is coming from someone way cooler than me, you know, John Calipari, who's explaining the greatest basketball player he's ever seen. And I was just blown away. And he was, he uh, finished and he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, when he did that, I was like, okay. You know, I looked at my assistant and I was like, hey, we're going to be all right this year. That's <laughs> gonna be pretty good. Dude, d- young D Rose, me and actually Poneman talked about this too. There's a couple, there's a Ooh. couple of games where he played. When he was at Oof. Simeon at the United Center, where like he Oof. was, he was doing stuff that was was just mind numb. Like you couldn't believe it. He was doing, he was when he was dunking people, he was windmilling on people. Like he was making, he was making um, Russell Westbrook wish wish who he, you know like really who he really wanted to be. Russ wishes he could be a young D Rose. Dude, back in the day, I remember thinking like it, I I knew it was over. When I remember looking at Westbrook and like, man, this dude is like Derrick Rose. Yeah. And then people were like, then I heard like one day, I, just like in passing, we were talking hoops, and mm. I heard someone say like, oh, Russell's more explosive than Derrick, and I, my head oh, just no way, my head just went down. But this is after he got hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it was like, oh, dude, like so soon they forget. You know what I'm saying? Because man, 2010, that's, that's, 2011, 20, uh, that D Rose, un- unstoppable, bro, and he couldn't shoot a lick. Oh, was man, absolutely unstoppable. Had the floater going, but his first mm-hmm. step was so blazingly quick that you just nah, man, nah, you couldn't do anything. What about his layup package? Like people are talking about Kyrie now. So think about this. It's Sean, a good like, point we're, too. We're combining. Like Derrick Rose was a combination of Kyrie's finishing package and Russell's athleticism, but this guy, this guy D Rose, had the coldest in and out and hesitation moves that you'd ever see, and his floater game was sick. Like it was, man. He, we used to call him ninja layups. We used to be like, oh D Rose, that's a ninja layup. 
Yeah, he dude. was like a ninja. He would hang. He, yeah, that's a great. I've never heard that before. Uh, a combination of Russell's explosiveness. He had his own explosiveness, but like when you look back on it, Russell's explosiveness with the way Kyrie uses the glass and, and finishes at the rim. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only way you could explain it to where people would believe you uh, in today is because they didn't really see how how explosive and quick and fast uh, Derrick Rose was. I remember the first time I saw him play in college, I was I was on my last year of college, and AJ Price was the point guard at UConn, and, and this that guy's like a New York City legend, you know. Shout out AJ Price. I have actually a funny ass story about AJ Price that I, I'll tell you another time, but <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I so this dude, this dude, uh. It was. It might have been the first time D Rose touched the ball uh, in transition. He was coasting. He was literally jogging, jogging. And AJ Price had the balls to pick this man up at half court, and one in and out, and AJ Price was gone. I mean, on the floor, and wow. D Rose was at the rim, and I was like, <laughs> "What happened? Oh my god!" Was, you know, we didn't have like the YouTube and all that stuff really popping like that with the highlights, but I mean, man, this dude, that dude was. Uh, I was like, man, he just he just derailed AJ Price, who was the you know biggest all turn all you know he was all everything right. in, in that time. Yeah, absolutely. But, AJ Price was a beast. Shout out AJ Price. Yeah. Um. All right, quick. I want to go over. Let's hop over because we were talking about D Rose, and I think all I think that was uh, that was really something I wanted to talk to you about because yeah, knowing you kind of are with these guys on a day to day, kind of see how they really are off the court, not in front of a camera type of thing. I thought. Mm-hmm. Your your uh, your insight on Derrick Rose and his situation uh, was yeah. was invaluable. So thank you for touching on that. Yeah, let's, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump over to some of your some of your pupils. I want to talk about Kaminsky. I want to talk about some of the polarizing guys because a lot of your guys were in the 2015 draft. Yeah, I want to touch on some of those guys. I want to touch on Aaron Gordon. He was in the 2014 draft, but I want to touch on Kaminsky, Stanley Johnson, Aaron Gordon. Kaminsky, Stanley Johnson, Aaron Gordon. Yes, sir. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, talk to me because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it 100. Yeah. Stanley Johnson, he's I mean he's still only 21 years old. Yeah. He he's not where he's not where people saw him. Yeah. When he was coming out of Arizona, I remember thinking like, okay, he's 19 years old. I think he might even been 18 when he was coming out. He was, had just turned nineteen. He yeah, turns, he, uh, his birthday is in September. It's actually, or no, I'm sorry, May. It's like a couple of days before Derek's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. It's like the it's at the end of May. Yep. Yeah. So when he was coming out, I remember actually talking to Maxie. Shout out Max Weebking, the God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to him, and obviously he's a, another Arizona Wildcat. And I was actually talking to D Will about this at the time as well. I remember mm-hmm. thinking Stanley needed to stay in school. Yeah, he wasn't dominating the guys in the pack like he should have been, and I didn't mm-hmm. see how that would translate in the league. He's not even killing these guys in college, right? But yeah. freak of nature, frame the whole nine has has all the tools type of thing, right? Yeah. Talk to me. Let's kick it off with Stanley. Talk to me about where where he's at now. How you feel about it? Because right now he's getting thirty minutes a game on the Pistons, and he's scoring yeah. eight points, three rebounds. Mm-hmm. Is is he just is he just young and coming along, or is it? Talk to me. Talk to me about how you feel about his game, his progression, his situation in Detroit. Well, I I, th- I think uh, I think with Stan, I, I think a lot of what his what his troubles were um, at Arizona was a lot 
that was going on with his mother. You know, she passed away right after he got drafted. She was sick then. She was in a wheelchair all over the place. And she was really the one that put the ball in his hand. And at the time, he was kind of acting out. So at that time, you know, I didn't really, I, I, I don't, I don't think I expressed myself the best way I could have helped him. You know, like I, I was just kind of giving him tough love. Like, yeah. I wasn't reaching, I wasn't reaching out to him as much. I, I was just kind of letting coach Miller do his thing and, and, you know, like kind of break him, you know, right. like emotionally, like really coach him up. I just wanted him to get coached, you know, by someone else. And, and when, when that was going on, um, you know, they, they had a really good team, you know, they had a really good team. So it's really hard to get going in college with things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I had, you know, they didn't play him in any pick and rolls at Arizona. He's a really good passer. Made a couple of really good passes last night. Uh, but but the person that made him, who we talk, you know, who we call Stanimal, I'm actually the one that gave him that nickname. Is that um, fact? Facts. That's facts. Facts. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so, I didn't know that. Um, I bet. Yeah. So Stan, he, uh, you know, they didn't have a point guard in Mata Day. They ended up putting him at the point guard. And he looked bad his first game. After that, he just figured it out, man. And that's what made him who he was who he is and what's he, what he's going to be. The guy, the kid is a playmaker. So you know, is that, like, is that kind of, so is that kind of what he's just kind of still kind of figuring out how he's, he's just going to try to make his way in the league. Is, yeah. is, is that how, how you would, how you would kind of, I guess not diagnose, but kind of explain what's going on. Like I said, he's, he's 21 years old. He's, yeah, get, I he's mean, getting if, over if his mother see, passing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you see, if you see, uh, you know, Devin Booker play with, with Phoenix. You're like, wow, man, this guy is tough. Look at him create. Look at him. I mean, he's he's working in the summer on his skill set, just like a lot of these guys are. But now he's getting in-game reps against these guys, on-the-ball reps, pick-and-roll reps, which is helping his confidence. It's also helping create his skill level. Like, these are things that really made anyone we can think of who they are. Michael Jordan, getting better every year. The best to ever do it. So he got you, better. Every, he got better every year because the coach, coaches let him do do him. So would you say that Stanley he might be getting thirty minutes a game, but he's not getting put in the right situations and maybe not be getting the right touches that he needs to develop at least quickly. Yeah, I think he needs he needs a he needs a few more touches to be on the ball to make some kind of plays. He's 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 more of a playmaker and a slasher um, than anything. I mean, he can score that thing too, but but with the the team they got, you know, I I, mean, I don't know if you saw the game last night. They beat the Celtics, and you know, yeah, they, blew, they blew up the Celtics. Yeah, you had it. You know, hey, go go Pistons, <laughs> Detroit, versus, Detroit versus everybody. So yeah. this dude, uh, you know, he guarded Kyrie, he guarded Marcus Smart, he guarded um, uh, uh, the kid from Duke. Um, yeah, Tatum. Hey, uh, Tatum. Yeah. You know, he he guarded Horford. You know, I mean, he's he's a Swiss Army knife defensively, and that's what we're using him. That's what they're using him to do right now. You got him and Avery Bradley locking up one through four. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, that's tough, dude. That's really tough. And I think a lot of what you're seeing from Stanley defensively is what Sean Miller envisioned in him at Arizona. And if if uh, if Stan wasn't so worried about, you know, like, you know, possible. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't really there as much, but. You know, if you if you focus on defense out there, I you know, Coach M's gonna let you play. You know? No doubt, yeah. So, no doubt. 
I think, I think you know, like, it, it's just growing pains. You're 19, you're coming off McDonald's All-American, you're the man, you're Team USA, you're this, you're that. It's really hard, man. Your mom, you, you know, things happen with, your, with you know, very unfortunate with his mom. Um, lots of changes, lots of people with their hands out, uh, lots of people trying to push you and pull you in these directions. It's really a mess. It is really a mess. Yeah, but, it's a lot going on for, it, for a 19, 20-year-old kid, yeah. It's a lot, you know. I mean, these kids they got they got Jay Z texting them, they got you know, um, you know, porn stars, all kind of wildness. DMs know, going crazy. There. Yeah, it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot of distractions, man. So okay, let's hop over to to Aaron Gordon then, because Aaron Gordon is balling right now. Oh yeah, he's he, he's coming into his own. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Another what? He's twenty two, maybe. Yeah, he's twenty two. He's twenty two. He's going for 17-8 and a block a game. He's playing mm-hmm. a couple more minutes than Stan, 32 minutes a game. What do you think the difference is down there? Obviously, there's a lot less talent on that team. He doesn't have Drummond and Reggie Jackson and those guys running around in Orlando. Is is, is that just the biggest difference? Uh, I mean, that plays a huge part. Uh, Aaron is Aaron is extremely talented, gifted um, person, and he's he's highly intelligent. I mean, he's pretty much like what you had in mind when you want to make a basketball player, you know, like um, that kind of two foot athleticism, uh, second jump, his second jump is unbelievable. Um, He knows how to pass. He can shoot it. I mean, he can handle the ball. Like Aaron's had all this stuff, this whole, he's had a lot of this stuff his whole time. Yeah. I mean, Um, he's shooting 43% from Trey. He's doing his thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of the stuff uh, Aaron's had a mental, he's had a mental coach, by the name of Graham Betchart. And Graham has been working with Aaron since he was in his ninth grade year of high school. So this guy is always, he, he was always there for Aaron uh, working you on You said a, men- a mental coach. A mental coach since his, his freshman year of high school. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, both the mental coach, I have a great relationship with him too. Graham and Aaron have a working relationship where they have both grown into their own together. Uh, Graham with with how he teaches, Aaron with how he learns, and and it's it's a special environment. They actually have an app out uh, that's called Lucid. Aaron's invested in it, and uh, Graham is is doing all the uh, all the visual sp- or the the speaking and and the rapping on the stuff. Right. Uh, so that I mean that's something for you know you youngsters to check out as well. But um, see that's yeah. interesting. I mean. That's yeah. that. That's the first person, Aaron Gordon. You mentioning that? That's the first person I've ever heard of going through the whole the whole process of you know like all the things you mentioned. Going being McDonald's All American, going to big time school. That's yeah. had a mental coach. Forget about yeah. a hooping coach. Forget about footwork and and all that stuff. And all a mental coach that strictly focuses on your mentality can help you get over that hurdle mentally. That is completely underplayed. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And and Aaron wasn't even I mean, he was in the gym, but he wasn't Aaron Gordon in the gym this summer. I mean, Aaron Gordon in the gym is is pretty scary, bro. I mean, that's like a a bull in a china shop. I mean, he is relentless. Uh work I did his pre draft um uh, and it was I mean, it was a lot, bro. <laughs> he always wanted to work, you know, like probably more so than me. But, you know, I was I really you know, I think he was on mock drafts at like nine and ten, and he would always bring it up. And I was like, "I'm like Aaron, you're 
you're top four, bro. You know, like you're top four. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna be top four. You know, like not 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 Noah Vonley. You're the man. Like you know, let's let's do this. You know, um. So a a g it's a mentality. It, it is a mentality. He's had it for forever. You know, his his mom's like a. He has a very very cool family dynamic. His dad played basketball at San Diego State, Big Ed, and um, and the mom is uh, she like is in some some sort of startup uh, CFO or CEO position in Silicon Valley. So the, you know he has the both of the best of both worlds. His brother played at UCLA right. and then New Mexico, and now he's in Italy. His sister played at Harvard. Um, you know, smart like, family, smart smart, family. smart Aaron, athletic Aaron, family. Yeah, they they both could have went Ivy League if they wanted. Uh, Drew, Aaron, uh, Elise ended up going Harvard, but yeah, they could have they could have done whatever they wanted. So I, I think a, a little bit of what was going on um, with Aaron was uh, was he 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 tend to overthink a lot of his mechanics and, and trust his his the work that he put in to to get the ball in the hoop. But that that's where I think he, you know he took a lot of. He didn't work out as much this summer, and I think that's what really it really helped him. Honestly, that's interesting, you know, he, man. That that mental aspect is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It really, but uh, he's a special dude, man. Very special dude. Yeah, I, one of my favorites. He stayed at my house, uh, not this summer, the summer before, and he refused to sleep in my bed. I was like, "Yo, take my bed. I'll sleep on the couch." He's like, "No, no, Chuck. No, it's good. It's good. You know, like it's good. I'll sleep on the couch." So our, our workout wasn't until 10 a.m. And I'm like, what the hell is that noise? I, I go to the kitchen. Aaron's got his shirt off and his shorts. And he's making, everyone, up? he's making everyone breakfast. <laughs> <and his shirt. laughs> I my, love it. Yeah, my, my roommate, uh, uh, Gerard, he, he, was, he was bugged out, man. He came home. He's like, dude, Aaron Gordon's making breakfast in my house. Like, this is sick. So, Dude, that goes back to they're just regular folks, man, you know? Man, that's it. That's what they are. Man. They just happen. They just happen to hoop. Yep, yep. So that's AG for you, man. Yeah, no doubt. I got a couple more things for you. I want to talk about sure. Kaminsky because, like we said earlier, Wisconsin, all world, everything. Mm-hmm. Big dude, huge tournament in 2015 when he was coming out. Yeah. Um. What What is one thing you think that he needs to get better at doing right now? Is it rebounding? Is it playing defense is it hustle is it what is it um i think it's just you know a lot of it is him going to his left he he doesn't really trust his left hand and he'll be open about talking about doing stuff going to his left so sometimes we have to pull some teeth with that um the second thing is his is his drive to to want to stop people yeah defense is an effort thing bro it's a it's a, it's, it's, it's a want thing well, I'm gonna. I mean, getting back to Derek Marks, he's like, I want to lock Joe up. That's how. That's how you gotta. That's how you want to got. You know, you. That's how you like, gotta want to play ball. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like a so, Pat Beverly thing. It's like I'm gonna lock sure. him. I don't want him to do anything. For sure, but other than other than that, I mean, Frank's one of the best shooters I've ever seen in the gym. I mean, I'm talking finishing finishing drills. Like, I mean, what do we do? Five spots, two in a row, as many times as you can make in 22 and um in uh. As many spots as you can get to in two minutes, and Frank will get like nineteen to twenty spots easily. I mean, he's skilled. Forty-four is skilled offensively. Oh man, he's there's sick. no doubt about that. 
Yeah, he, he did a, a really good job of making me look like a genius when it, when it came to footwork and shooting and all that stuff. I, I, I and, and he's the funniest guy, man. He's so funny. Yeah, dude, his Twitter's great. Yeah, no, Frank is uh Frank is a uh, Frank is definitely a Chicago area type of dude. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. No doubt. All right, what else do I got for you? I wanted Yeah. There was um I think we we kind of touched on this, but I do want to ask you this. What is yeah. the one thing when you hear players say like, "Yo, Chuck Bucketsworth, I want to go to the league." Obviously, there's the cliche shit like work hard, yeah, um, sacrifice this, this, that, and the third. And I know we talked about the mental piece, but what do you mm-hmm. think is the aspect that is not talked about enough when it comes to I want to be successful and a professional ball player? What what is the what is the stuff that's not really talked about as much as it should? You think? Well, I think I think you're you're um, you're open. You have to be open to failure. In what way, though? What do you mean by that? So, well, I mean, our whole lives we go to we go to school from first grade to to twelfth, and if we're lucky, you know, we go to college for another four years. Some people go for to college for another four after that. So you've been you've been trained to for these ex, these expectations, you know, to get an A in a class, which is ninety percent, but an A shooting a three pointer is you know around 40 percent so a lot of a lot of times people think they should make all these shots and look i mean it's like baseball you're batting 300 man you're doing a hell of a job they're just being too hard on themselves they just need to be way they're way too hard and they're they're afraid to miss they're afraid of the failure you know I, i i was uh this kid i've known for a while he's a really talented kid i've known him since he got out of high school and he ended up i mean i don't know that might have been like Man, seven years ago I met this kid. Um, so he he had just finished playing. Uh, he was he's finished playing junior college, and I'm talking to him about going to a Division three school that's really good in academics, like academic school, you know. But he would have been the best player on the team. And the thing that really struck me with this kid was, uh, he said they don't give scholarships, and I said take out a loan, dude. He's like, no, but I don't want to be hit with all that. You know all the all the uh, the fees after college. I, I want to you know graduate college debt free and things like that. Right. And I was like, I was like, man, you're really afraid of this. Like you're you're really afraid to have debt. You're really like you don't you don't trust the process of working it off or or, or hard work and things like that. And I, and and I feel like that's, that's right. Like he was the letting thing. the opportunity hold him. Uh, he was there was a great opportunity he was letting hold back because. Of multitude of reasons that it, when it comes down to it, he just was maybe not willing to sacrifice, or maybe even a little scared. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all a little scared. We're all a little scared. No doubt. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, if people want to admit it or not, that's fact. Yeah, I mean, we're all a little scared. But but the thing that got me was like the answer that he was giving me was probably an answer a teacher or or a parent would you know would give him when he was talking about really achieving his goals or or things like that like oh you're just gonna play it safe like play it safe play it safe play it safe no no this is america this is the greatest country in the world go get it go get it you know you want a podcast 
you want to talk trash about how we put ketchup <laughs> on hot dogs? Go, go get go it. Ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I love ketchup on my hot dog. Yeah, you're no, wild you for you, that. I'm going to do me. It's, I mean, it just comes down to if this is America, you want to go do something, do it, and kind of kind of figure it out as you go along. And that has to be the case sometimes. You don't. It's not always going to be laid out for you. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think that um, if if I listened, if I listened to my mom, and I did what she wanted me to do, my sophomore year, which was stop playing basketball because I was a short little Mexican. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be touching all the people I touch and be as happy as I am, you know, enjoying yourself and what you're doing. No doubt. Ex- exactly. And, and, you know, being single and have the availability to, to, to go travel and do things I love and, and see people I love and be around people I love and, and, and all those things. And, and you know, like where, when she was growing up in the fit, you know, like in the fifties and sixties, like, you know, after, you know, when you're a woman, you, you get married. You have kids, you're a house mom, you know, that's it. You stay there. You do that. You know, the, the, the husband, he gets, a, he goes to college, he gets a job if he's lucky, you know, right. but I, I think those were the expectations that a lot of these parents or traditional, you know, um, European parents will, will, or, or, you know, um, South American people will put on, on these kind of kids, but, um, it, it's, yeah, man. It, it, at the end of the day, if you want to go get something out here, especially in America, you have that opportunity to go try and make that happen. Exactly, and it, it's capitalism. Someone, someone out there is going to be better than you. <laughs> That's true. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. No doubt, you know, dude. You, Buckets were spitting these facts out here for the people. Man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm the, I'm, I'm trying to be the people's champ, man. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, man, I lived it, so it's just kind of, I'm, I'm trying to tell you what. You know what I've gone through. What's what's been happening? You know what I mean? Man, I, I, and ask people that played against me, man. Like I'm, I'm a dirty dude out there. <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Fucking word. You said yeah. you had that. You got that sauce out there. Man, I mean, I I do a little of that, but I'm not. You know, you're not just gonna walk over me, man. I got <laughs> I got five fouls. I got six fouls, and I can't take them home. So I love it. I love it. Know? I love it. Yeah, this is perfect. This is how we're gonna close it. There yeah. was a UCLA legend, of course, John Wooden quote that you retweeted. And I wanna mm-hmm. I'm gonna repeat the quote and I wanna kinda get your pick your brain on how this relates to basketball. And sure. I quote, It is amazing how much can be accomplished if no one if no one cares who gets the credit. How would you relate that to hoops and sport and 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 sport in general? I, I just I, I like it I like it when people are what I love is, is is people people working for their own goals and and not not to be on YouTube or Instagram or, or you know get get the praise like you know guys guys that I liked were, were role players like I loved Rodman I love watching Rodman play I like I liked watching John Paxson shoot the ball you know uh Jeff Hornacek, those guys weren't about, they were about getting the job done and getting a ring, the common goal. Like, that's what it's about. It, you know, you have this personal success, but, you know, that comes with winning championships. I mean, what, what's the first thing people talk about LeBron and Kobe? What do they talk about? Oh, LeBron, oh, oh Kobe's better. Kobe's better. LeBron only got this many rings. Kobe got more rings. Like the, these big, these big goals, and and I don't I don't think Kobe was, 
Kobe might have been a little more about the individual goals, but what were those role players about? Yeah. Who cares yeah. how we got it done? Let's just get it done, type of thing. Let's I mean, do it. Let's, let's all let's it. win together, no doubt. And, and and John Wooden, he 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 would always talk about not scouting other teams. It's like about us. Yeah. He worried about them. I, I really don't like worrying about yourself is huge or worry about what your goal is and not being affected by what's going on around you or, you know, inside your house or you what know, you can what, control, whatever you control, what you can control. No doubt. And that's it. And I, and I tell, I tell a lot of my kids, you know, I remember, I remember one time this was crazy. Cause I coached college uh, high school basketball for almost 10 years. So I, I coached, um, at La Mirada high school and one point I had, I had three people pretty much in tears, and these were high-level players. I had one in high school. He was in Florida playing in the biggest, most prestigious tournament in, in high school basketball, the, the um, what is it called, City of Palms, and he had a bad game. So he was, he was all broken up. Oh, like, you know, I want to quit. I want to transfer. I want to, you know, this and that. And the next call was – was my uh, my point guard who had just had a bad game, you know, and he he was on the same thing, you know. Why am I doing this? Why should I be, you know, like emotional, you know, like tears and stuff. And then, you know, the the other guy, you know, is in the NBA and he's doing the same. This was literally like four straight phone calls. It lasted almost for four hours. This is coming and off I'm, the palms. Yeah, and I'm just I'm I'm like it was unbelievable, man. Like it was, it was literally around this time. It was like November, December. This is always the craziest time of the year because, you know, if you're not hitting, if you're not scoring, if coach isn't giving you playing time, if, you know, you're dealing with things that are out of your hand. You did the work to make the shots. You did the work to make the shots. Just keep firing, baby. Just keep firing. Get your butt back on defense and lock up. That's it. And if you're not, if you're not playing, work harder. I hit let's dude. Charlie Max Torres, aka you know? Bucketsworth. Man, you know? thank you for coming on and joining, man. I appreciate you. Big time stories. Yo, remind me to hit you with yep. that AJ Price story. That shit is too good. <laughs> I gotta hear it. I gotta hear it. <laughs> I gotta hear it. Yo, follow uh Chuck on everything at Bucketsworth. He does not follow back, so don't expect that shit to happen. At least on Instagram. At least on Instagram. Yeah, just on the grid. There's there's a story about that too. Do we, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if they're ready for that one. <laughs> we can talk about that another time. Charlie yeah. Max Torres, aka Bucketsworth, man. If you wanna or ever looking for some uh, some workout stuff, anybody, any young hoopers listening, check out ISO on the West Coast. Like I said, you could follow, reach Charlie at Bucketsworth on everything, Twitter, Instagram, and. Uh, you're available, bro. Tell them to talk to them if they need you. Yeah, that I mean, that's me. Availability is key. That's it. Chuck, thank you again, man. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, I appreciate it. No Catch Up Hotline, Charlie, a.k.a. Bucketsworth. Listen up.